Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's so hard to pick a stock. Even analysts get it wrong. Even analysts that have been doing it for years with their career is focused on trying to find stocks get it wrong and I mean everyone has heard of that uh, Warren Buffett story where he placed a bet that his index fund or an index fund would beat a group of fund managers picking and choosing stocks and we saw where that went so I think that story still rings very true today. G'day and welcome back to Shares for Beginners. I'm Phil Muscatello and I've just remembered that it's the podcast's second birthday. So happy birthday to all of us learning about the share market. And I thought it'd be a good opportunity to have a chat about how investing has changed over the last few years. So I'd like to welcome my guest, Kylie Purcell, investment editor at finder.com. Hello, Kylie. The party hat suits you. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Phil. Thanks for having me again and happy birthday. Yeah, thank you. I'd like to take a random walk around investor empowerment. Listeners, you've got access to the greatest tools in human history to invest in markets in all kinds of ways. And there's more coming online every day. So, Kylie, I thought we'd chat about the investing landscape, some of the people we've met and the products that we've come across in no particular order and, of course, with no particular recommendation. So, look, I just wanted to start, I mean, you know, there's been an explosion of new products over the last few years and, you know, making investing easier. Yeah. Um, I just, I mean, when I think about, well, first of all, how stupid I used to be in investing if I (laughs) had known some of the things that I know now from this podcast and the great guests, but also the tools that are available now for people to use. I mean, when I Mm. made my first investment, Mm. it was... um, going into a stockbroker's office and him making a recommendation and I saying yes and then he'd write it down on a chit and he handed it to someone who went straight down to the exchange and put the order on. Yes. What was your first investment like? Yes. Nothing like that, I'm I'm assuming. My my first investment was nothing like that. So I had joined Comsec. It was a few years ago now and I'd um, signed up to a Comsec account or I'd I'd been using Comsec and NabTrade for a while. Um, but hadn't been making any trades. I was using it to to write articles and to get research and stuff for stocks, but not actually buying. And I had no idea what stock I should buy when I decided that I did actually want to get into the stock market. And I actually had a little bit of money (laughs) because it's still expensive. You know, at that point it was quite expensive to invest in stocks still. So I had my first 500 and I did what anybody does when they're trying to get into the stock market. And that is researching online. And I ended up jumping onto YouTube and doing what I'd always told people not to do and which I know you're not meant to do. And I found a YouTube video where some kids said, hey, this stock is going to do really well. (laughs) And it was Pilbara Minerals actually, which is a lithium mining stock. Um, uh, the old lithium story. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, I did do a little bit of research in the background, but I, I, it was very much a gung-ho moment. I dropped, I think it was a, a thousand bucks or something into it. 
uh, and regretted it within <laughs> within a couple of months <laughs> because, of course, it was a hyped up stock like all other lithium stocks mm. um, at the time. There was a lot of talk about electric vehicles. There still is, but it sort of comes and goes in waves. Yeah. Um, and subsequently <laughs> plummeted to almost nothing. It rose again and I got excited and then it plummeted down to recently. It plummeted down to near nothing. And I thought, wow. I mean, there's no point selling it now. <laughs> Might as well ride it, ride it out. Um, yeah, so that was my first investment. Anyway, so wh- why didn't you go into an ETF? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Did that you know about ETFs? A... <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did. I knew about ETFs. I was writing about them quite a bit at the time. Um, <laughs> like, you know, it's one of those things where you know all the rules. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. almost you know all the rules. You know what you're, what you're meant to do, what you're not meant to do. And um, you, you don't do that anyway. <laughs> you decide to take a plunge. I've since subsequently invested in, um, I've got a couple of ETFs that I track now. Actually, I think I've got three, two that I put more money into. Um, and that's definitely a more sensible suggestion than buying a single gung-ho mining stock. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny that that's two of the lessons that I've learned making this podcast. First of mm-hmm. all, is the concept of single stock shock, mm-hmm. which one of my earliest mm-hmm. guests um, came up with, and I think that's a great thing to keep in mind that without diversification, you're going to get a, a shock at some stage. Absolutely, possibly. I mean, some people get lucky, but others don't. Ah, one hundred percent. And and don't listen to YouTube kids <laughs> because they don't know what they're talking about half the time, or more than half the time. Yeah, but then the other thing that I've learned as well is that lithium story, which is a great lesson is because mm. people conjure up these stories in their minds, don't they? They think, oh, electric oh. vehicles, you need lithium to make electric vehicles. It's exactly so obvious, right. isn't it? But it's not. Exactly <laughs> right. Yeah. Next thing you know, there's a whole bunch of lithium miners that have come to market <laughs> and the supply chain is broken. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and it, because it's a commodity and commodities are easy, you know, lithium is oh. one of the most common elements on earth that's everywhere i don't think you even need to mine it i think you just it's like salt you just put it out in these great big salt pans and <laughs> leach it out <laughs> i could yeah. be wrong on that <laughs> yeah oh look look i don't even know to this day <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a it's a definitely a difficult one um mining stocks the the whole the whole supply and demand aspect mm. of it and you never know when a miner is going to discover mm. a new supply mm. of um whatever it is gold or silver or whatever commodity you're investing in so, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a tricky one. But I do agree that the story is what you're investing in half the time. And we're seeing that, I think, more and more these days where people are investing in the story or investing in um, not necessarily stock fundamentals, but uh, because, say, mm. Elon Musk is bullish on it. <laughs> it's Dogecoin. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a really it's an interesting world these days for yeah. investing yeah mm. but i think that's just another warning i just want to hammer this point home mm. is that i've seen this where people say to me oh a story of some sort they've conjured it up in their head and they think it really makes sense and then i say well just think about it there's legions of highly trained people yeah highly paid in offices all around the world looking at these <laughs> the numbers behind this and you think that you can come up with a story in your uh-huh. head yeah. that's going to beat what they're doing and what they're thinking. Exactly. So hiding to nothing, really. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. That's mm. exactly right. Yeah. Last time I came here, my eyes were watering too. I remember <laughs> I, that. I, I, and I, remember think, that yeah. I think it was the cat thing. <laughs> oh, that's right. I should have taken a... Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I hope this is not live. Cat thing. <laughs> 
because I should have remembered to take uh, an antihistamine. Oh, do you want to tell fast? Oh, do you have one? Oh my God, that would be amazing. Thank you. Um, um, it's really interesting where you've come from, where you actually had to, I mean, you can still do it these days, but you know, a few years ago, that was your only choice. You'd go to a stockbroker and they'd place the trade for you. And it was quite expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm imagining that it was quite expensive back then. Yeah. Oh, I can't even remember. I actually made money on it. So it wasn't too bad, you know, That's great. and it was yeah. a mining company, I think, uh, Gervois mining, which I believe is still on the, on the exchange. <laughs> Are you still invested in it? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Because after that, of course, it was the 90s and there was all those floats of the, you know, Commonwealth Bank and Telstra and um, those kind of, yeah. you know, with the days when the, the mum and dad investors got interested in the, um, the stock market and got out of property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. The 90s would have been, yeah. This is the point now is just how much information there is including yeah. kids on YouTube giving uh, oh. tips. But there are a lot more sources of information now for investors, Absolutely, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Not just YouTube. Now we've got these TikTok kids mm-hmm. that are putting out information as well and advice a mm. lot of the time. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's a tricky time to try to work out what's good information and what's bad information. Yeah, so we've got TikTok, YouTube, and then, of course, we've got the um, the forums like Wall Street Bets which is focused on US stocks, but it's becoming a lot more relevant in Australia now. And we've got our Australian versions as well, like Hot Copper and Whirlpool. We see a lot of investing discussions there as well, where people are actually giving each other tips and advice, regular people, rather than relying on analysts who um, you know, specialize in stocks. People seem to be getting it hot tips from each other. It's an interesting space to be in, I think. But I think this is where we need to give a warning to people yeah. as well is that there's information and there's information. I mean, there's a lot of great places where you can, and podcasts obviously is a great place where you can yes. uh, find out a lot of information, you know, and we yeah. can give a shout out to, you know, the Rask Empire and the Equity Mates Empire as well. Oh, and totally. The, yeah. So there's a lot of places where you can get information and it's, yeah. I just don't think you can rely on tips. Too mm. many people. No. <laughs> No, that's right. We've got a living, breathing example here. Yeah, the thing is, even it's so hard to pick a stock. Even analysts get it wrong. Even analysts that have been doing it for years, their career is focused on trying to find stocks, get it wrong. And I mean, everyone has heard of that uh, Warren Buffett story where he placed a bet that his index fund or an index fund would beat a group of fund managers picking and choosing stocks. And we saw where that went. So I think that story still rings very true today. Mm -hmm. Analysts find it hard to pick stocks. Uh, If anyone is successfully picking stocks, doubtless they're keeping it to themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Or they're picking it first and then letting everybody else know. (laughs) (laughs) Just to boost their own returns. To drive momentum. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so I think it's a tough game to play in. So what's your advice then? My advice for picking stocks. <laughs> well, not necessarily for picking yeah. stocks, for investing in general. Look, I think a solid bit of investment. I mean, everyone's got their own ideas with what they want to do. By no means, I'd say don't. Don't try and pick your own stocks and have a bit of fun in the stock market. But be prepared that you could lose that money. I still jump on individual stocks that I think might be going up in the short term. 
I wouldn't advise anybody else to do that. It is a bit of fun and I'm, I'm prepared to lose that money. But if you're not prepared to lose what you're putting in, absolutely investing for the long term is the only way to go. <laughs> so is your core portfolio ETFs? It's not the core of it. I do have, I think I, think I said three ETFs. One of them is actually a bit of a volatile ETF. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. suggest going there. <laughs> Two of them are long-term ETFs and then the rest are stocks. So I've got a, I've got a mixed portfolio. I do have a bit of fun with it. Yeah. yeah. Why, why did you go that way rather than just, I mean, the easier option really, if you, if you need to invest, yeah. um, but you don't want to spend time researching individual companies, yeah. you would go to an ETF. I'd absolutely suggest an ETF if yeah. you're not invested in the individual company and if mm-hmm. you're not prepared to watch its performance over time and do a bit of research first. Mm. I really enjoy doing the research. So you enjoy it though, don't you? I do yeah, enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. I really enjoy it. And I enjoy writing about it. So that's that's part of the reason I, I've followed the route that I have and built up a stock portfolio. I do have a quite a diversified stock portfolio though, mixed with US stocks and Australian stocks, some risky, some low risk. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to build up a bit of a dividend portfolio. But, you know, for anyone that's not interested in doing a whole bunch of research and following the proper reports and understanding trends as well is now becoming a more important thing. What are people talking about the stock? Even if the company's doing really, really well, you could get a tweet that would send the stock plummeting in a couple of hours or a day. Um, so if you're not prepared to follow all that, just invest in an ETF. ETFs are amazing. At some point in my life, who knows, I might end up selling all my stocks and just putting it all into one ETF. It does make sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, how diversified are you? Are you diversified across different kinds of asset classes or um, different industries? Yeah, I'm fairly diversified. I've got a couple of mining stocks. I've got at least one bank stock. I've got a couple of dividend payers. So there's at least a few long-term Aussie stocks, which I'm planning to hold on to for the long term at this point, which do pay a certain amount of dividends, which is is nice. Um, And then I've got a higher portion of stocks in US tech stocks. And part of that is just because, A, it's cheap to invest in US stocks. So you can build up fairly big portfolio with little money, and they're quite... They've been just doing so well, to be honest. I mean, stocks in the US have just been going amazingly. And it's kind of, if you're not in it, well, you're not making that money. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) It is. I mean, this is another thing as well, the Australian stock market. I mean, we just keep on hammering this point. It's 2%, is it, of world... Yes, yeah, something like that. Something it's, like it's, that. It's, it's very tiny. Small. Yeah. yeah, it's a tiny stock market, Australia stock yeah. market. And the action's in America, basically, isn't it? That's right. That's mm. right. I think anyone that's bought in the US, look, you give yourself a pat on the back, right? So my stock portfolio <laughs> is doing amazingly for US stocks, I think. <laughs> You'd have to be super unlucky for your stock portfolio in the US not to be doing well, because <laughs> so, everything's just doing well. Did you yeah. hold during the, um, the downturn last year? I'd love to say that I did. I held some stocks. Did you panic sell? Did you do any panic selling? (laughs) I didn't. I didn't panic sell, but I did buy and sell after pay a couple of times, Mm -hmm. which is 100% what you're not meant to do. And if I just held it, (laughs) it would still be in a better place than if I hadn't bought and sold it a few times. What happened was I saw Afterpay fall down to, I think it was $8 at one point, something crazy. I set a limit order that if it ever went back to $40, I'd sell it. Because I was thinking, you know what, this is too volatile. <laughs> I don't trust this stock anymore. But how can you trust it? I mean, that's I the mean, thing. It's when you, so volatile. Hindsight's a, it's a wonderful thing, oh, but yeah. when you're living with the emotions of it that's and watching right. it every day, you know, because I, I think oh. I was holding when it went down to that. Um, that's right. That point as well, you know. I'm yeah. glad I didn't sell mm. at eight. I'm glad I sold at forty when it eventually came back up. 
but I'm also glad I then bought back in soon after. <laughs> but look, if I just held on to it, uh, it would have been a better place. And that's the advice you always have to give. Yeah. What were you feeling inside at the time? When the market was crashing back in March, I mean, it was such a weird moment in time. I remember it started in February. Yeah. It was a couple of big days at the end of February. It was kind of shock, to be honest. Because I knew what had happened during the GFC. I was quite young at the time, but I I still know the history. And I knew that this was bigger than that. Like the volatility that we were seeing surpassed what we saw during the GFC. It was insane. I remember one day we saw the ASX 200 fall by something like 8% Mm, and mm. then jump by 15% in the same day. And I was recording a podcast for Finder at the time when it was happening. And we were watching this come up. And we were like, it was just, <laughs> no one could explain it. It was, it was, um, yeah, it was something else. And I remember chatting to some analysts about it subsequently, and even they were just blown away. Mm. Like, how can you explain what's happening? It is unprecedented. And that word has been used so often in the last 12 months, but that's what it was. I started having to look up synonyms for unprecedented for articles <laughs> because everything was just so new. Um, it hadn't happened before. Volatility was more than we'd ever seen before. So how was I feeling? <laughs> how was anyone know. feeling? It was, how was every, yeah, it was just a mixed bag of emotions because I was working. I had to be sort of focused on work. But at the same time, at the back of my mind, I'm thinking, my portfolio, what's it doing? <laughs> but basically most yeah. of it you held on and I did, went, I did. I'm happy to it. say yeah. I did. And I bought some while the crash was still in a low point, which mm-hmm. I'm happy about now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad I followed some of my own advice. <laughs> <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. So when you found a company that you like, Mm. what process do you go through in Mm. uh, assessing that company as being worthy of investment? So I look at a bunch of things, I guess. I look at the price to earnings ratio. I try to read the profit reports. I admit to not doing that for every single stock, but I, I do try to read the profit reports when they come out. And I follow analyst ratings as well. So analyst stock ratings. They're not always correct. Major broker ratings and um So this is, this is when you see when you see what is it, the buy, sell, strong buy, hold That's right. Strong sell. Buy hold and sell. That, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a, a strange mix of ratings, isn't it? It often is. So it's it's even hard to pick it based on that. But I think it's still important to follow if you are invested in in individual stocks. Yeah, for Afterpay, my gosh, you've seen completely different ratings by brokers. You've got UBS as a sell almost every time. (laughs) (laughs) And then you've got these other brokers that are holding strong. I think Morgan's was a strong buy at some point. So it is hard to pick, but I, I do try to track those. The other really important point that I make a note of is just future company goals, like what the company is doing, where they're looking to expand into and what they're planning to do with their profits. If they're planning to pay them out in dividends, that's fine. You can assume they're probably not going to put a big expansion plan into place. If they're not paying dividends, I want to see them growing 
and I want to see them putting that money into um, expansion plans, either overseas or within Australia with new products. If they're not doing either of those things, then why would you <laughs> invest? <laughs> so where do you find these broker ratings? Where do you actually look for them? So I subscribe to FN Arena. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Rudy, um, who puts all of that information together so you can search for any stock that you want. There are other services as well that do similar, like Comsec. Yeah, you can see it in Comsec, can't you, the broker ratings on... uh, Yeah, they have Goldman Sachs and Morningstar. Morningstar, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. as the two that they have. FN Arena has a whole bunch of other ratings. They've got like UBS, City. I think they've gotten... I can't remember how many they've got, but they've got a much longer list. Mm. When you get the broker ratings through individual brokers, it's often one or maybe two or none. So, yeah. So, look, here's your chance to talk to women. When I look at the demographics of this podcast, it's like 75, 80% blokes listening. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it seems to be the case that there are more men and young guys investing in the stock market than women. And that's been that way for a long time. But the trends do show that that's changing, which is a really good thing. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I do think it will continue changing. The fact that you can buy and sell shares online now, I think is a really, is a big step. I think having to go into a brokerage and speak to a broker can be quite intimidating. Oh, Um, well, that's ancient history. We don't need to. (laughs) My parents still do. Really? You know, there are still people out there that are using these full service brokers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the rise of online broking platforms or trading platforms has been a a really good thing for women. Just get in there and get started and start young. I think it has to start when you're younger, especially for women. I think as you start to get older, family, you know, becomes important, job becomes important. And it's just a lot of effort to get into share trading when share trading can appear to be risky and you've got other priorities at that point. So I think educating your kids, Mm. your daughters would be a really big step and starting at school as well. You know, I know a lot of boys schools in Australia do teach about the stock market. Mm -hmm. I don't know any girls schools that do that. I'm not sure if that's just the girls schools I know of, but that could be a really big start. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was out at dinner last night with a niece and nephew and uh, the boy was you know, what's an ETF? What's an index? What's an option? What's yeah. futures? You know, we're having this conversation. Then suddenly next to me was my niece. Yeah. And I said, you should be doing this too. And she said, what? <laughs> she wasn't even listening. And so I gave <laughs> gave her the rave that, yeah. um, you know, you don't have to be actually watching shares every day in and out. Yeah. You just need to be investing for the long term in ETFs and just putting money away every week yeah. into this. And we have so many tools these days that allow you to do that, don't we? 100%. And, you know, women that are in the stock market, actually, they are really good at it. (laughs) They're really good at investing. Yeah, yeah. There are studies that have shown, uh, I think there was a a Finnish study that was held a few years ago, which tracked men and women traders or investors in Finland. And it actually found women outperformed men, mostly because they tended to have a long-term investing view. They bought and they held, whereas a lot of the men tended to buy and sell very quickly. They were more active traders. Um, mm. So, <laughs> look, um, studies do show that women are really good at it when they do do it. That is obviously generalizing a lot. But, yeah, I spoke to Gemma Dale last International Women's Day, and they have, um, they've got some data from NAB Trade that shows the same thing. Women mm. that are in it, which is a smaller portion, do tend to outperform their male counterparts. So (laughs) do get in there and yeah, give it a go. And it's okay if you get it wrong at first and make a couple of wrong. um, Make the mistakes when you're young. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Make the mistakes while while you're young. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. And it doesn't mean so much. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. And of course, the point is 
that there are so many older women mm. who end up broke. There's a, a surge in female elderly homelessness as well. Yeah, it's terrible. And yeah. yeah, this is just a warning now when you're young. That's right. Get in and do it when you're young, you know. That's right, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, you've got to get it. I mean, I wish I'd told myself that. when. I, well, I wish I knew that when I was a lot younger than I am now. We've seen that superannuation accounts for women tend to be a lot lower than men and Mm. um you know part of that does come down to taking time off work or um you know focusing on the family most of the time and that dynamic is changing but it's a risk if you no longer have that support at some stage in your life or if you've focused your energy on supporting other people and not your own investments then you can suffer for it at the end of the day Yeah. yeah Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Another interesting thing that Gemma mentioned was that during the downturn last year, because they have a lot of data about what people are buying and the age group of what people are that are doing that buying, and interestingly, that a lot of young people were purchasing very conservative shares. It was almost like they were mums and dads buying. You know, they were buying banks, they were buying Woolies, they were buying. That's so interesting. That is, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Whereas you you get this idea that young people are all YOLO and they want to YOLO into Bitcoin (laughs) for everything. GameStop. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. AMC, yeah. (laughs) But a lot of you are very sensible out there apparently. Oh, that's really good to hear. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Just stay off Wall Street bets. Before you became the investment editor at Finder, Mm. you were interested in investing already? Yeah, no, I was. Definitely. I had been for for a long time. So I've been covering the stock market in a broad sense. Mm. I was with Peter Switzer for a little bit. So that was actually an amazing experience working with him. I got a bit more in depth view of how stocks work and how to rate stocks and and how um, Australian stocks are bought and sold. Yeah. But before that, I'd sort of covered the stock market in a more general sense, like business. So you've you've always had it. That's okay. You've always had an interest in in this. (laughs) It's early in the morning, listeners. Yeah, no, I think that is the Telfar sitting. (laughs) (laughs) Bloody cats. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I had for a long time. Yeah. Um, when I first studied journalism, um, business investing and, um, financial investing was, was what I focused on. Mm. Find it was a little bit different where I focused, uh, stocks. Yes. But also on the products themselves. So on the, um, brokerage platforms. Yeah. Through working in this industry, what's the one piece of advice that has meant the most to you has been the most important for your, um, investing knowledge? The one piece of advice that has been most important to me. Oh, mm. gosh, that's a tough one. Well, one of many. Yeah, yeah. Look, it would have to be start investing young in whatever way you can, whether that's through a robo-advisor, whether that's topping up your super or investing in the stock market. Invest young. Invest often. Invest young, invest often. Yeah, that would have to be my number one piece of advice. I'm assuming someone gave me that advice <laughs> Not as young as I would have liked, but <laughs> it's, I think that's the most important. Yeah, invest young no matter how old you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Kylie, yeah. thanks very much and um, thanks for coming and joining this celebration. We'll uh, get the cake out after this. <laughs> thanks so much for having me. It's been great. Shares for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Shares for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. Thanks to Christopher Soulos for music production with that special Greekalicious flavour. Remember, music always flows, even when the money won't. Ever. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 